1: It is uh, 7.06 on your Wednesday and right back at it. A beautiful day it was, but we are ready to go here. Employment Law Show 416-870-6400 is the way to reach out, get a hold of the OR and I here on the air. So bring on your calls. We'd love to talk to you tonight, whether it's uh, just plain old employment law matters, whether you're an employee or an employer. You want to uh, bring those on. If you still have some questions when it comes to COVID-19 pandemic and uh, CERB, that's fine. You can bring those on as well. We take them all. Uh, 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime. It's like having a pocket employment uh, lawyer with you. 24-7, anonymous, free of charge, no big deal. Go in, have a look, and... uh, Log out or there's a contact button at the top, right? We will get to this tonight in between the phone calls. That is mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. That is on the way. But first, the uh, the week that was. How are you, buddy? Hey, John. Uh, good good to be back
2: here. Good to be good. uh uh, on air and talking about employment law. I've been looking forward to answering uh, a lot of questions. And uh, as I've been doing all week, I was I did a, a Facebook live session uh, earlier today, lots of questions there and I expect more tonight. So if you have a question about your workplace rights, maybe now the province is opening up again and you will have questions about going back to work. Do you have to go back to work? And what happens if the work is unsafe? And what happens if your employer wants you to go back to work but pay you less money? Any and all questions about your workplace, your job, uh, bring it on. We'll talk about that, and I'll answer your questions. Maybe about the CERB, about EI, about the student benefits, any of that, happy to answer those questions and hopefully put you in a situation where you can uh, feel better about your workplace rights. Uh, don't be bashful. Now's the time. Maybe you have a question about your, your wife, your husband, your daughter, your child. Uh, please bring them on. And if you want to talk privately, you don't necessarily feel like getting on air tonight. Not a problem. Uh, we'll give you my contact information, phone number and email address throughout the show so you can reach out to me privately. But I mentioned going back to work, and that's where I wanted to start today, Johnny. I wanna just talk briefly about this idea of now going back to work for all those that have been off work, laid off, now Mm -hmm. businesses are starting to reopen. What happens there? Well, first of all, we know that the government has announced and continues to announce uh, health and safety measures that have to be put into place in the workplace. So whether it's uh, social distancing or allowing curbside pickup, or in some situations they may say you need to have a plexiglass dividers, what have you. So those measures are now required. Whatever those measures are, an employer must implement them. There's Mm -hmm. uh, There's no choice there. Now, as long as the employer implements the measures that the government has put forward, an employer is allowed to expect the employee to come back to work if the employer recalls them. So if your employer says, listen, I've done everything that the government has asked me to do. Uh, Therefore, I need you to be back to work on Monday. Generally speaking, you do have the obligation to go back to work. Now, if you don't go back to work, that could be a problem. You may be considered to have resigned. Uh, even though you may not feel safe, and a lot of people don't feel safe, and I understand that, still you actually have that obligation. So what do you do if you still don't feel safe? Well, m- maybe talk to your employer, maybe get a better sense of what uh, the employer has done to try to keep keep you safe in the workplace. Maybe talk to your employer if you really are uh, still continuing to be unsafe, about maybe continuing your leave or your, your uh, layoff, if that's what you want. But don't simply say to your employer, that's it, I'm not coming back, Uh, I'm not ready yet, I'll let you know when I'm ready. If you do that, you may have resigned and you may lose your CERB. So I want you to keep that in mind. And of course, if your employer wants you to come back on on different job, different uh, pay, different hours, that could be a constructive dismissal. Remember, employment laws still apply despite everything going on right now. So they're not suspended, laws are still there. Uh, worst case scenario, of course, if you have a medical condition and because of that, you're not uh, comfortable going back to work, speak to your doctor. If your doctor gives you a doctor's note saying that you don't, or you shouldn't be going to work, that allows you to be off work. So bottom line is I don't want anyone to simply decide I'm not going because if you do that, you may be have resigned. You may lose your benefits and, and your uh, CRB or EI. So you don't want that to happen. And if you're not sure what to do, whether you're an employer or an employee, just reach out to me.
1: By the way, that number, one uh, 855 to reach out to Leon and the crew after the show or any other time, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and a reminder for here and now to call in uh, 416-870-6400. What else you got going on?
2: Well, John, I uh, I spoke with a lady who was uh, getting ready to come back to work, and she uh, was told by her employer that well we're going to we're getting the subsidy the the wage subsidy from the government which is 75% and so we're going to pay you 75% of what you were making before and you know for her that was about uh, 600 dollars i think that she, a week that she, they'd be paying her not your full right. salary so uh, we expect you back on monday So she wanted to know what she can do and if that's legal. So I wanted to touch base on that here and and talk about what happens if your employer is paying you through the wage subsidy and if your employer uh, is bringing you back at less pay. So from the employee's perspective, I want you to forget completely about the wage subsidy. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter to the employee where that money is coming from, whether your employer is paying you out of uh, its own pocket or if they're paying you with the wage subsidy monies. It doesn't really matter. That's between the employer and the government. It doesn't matter really at all to the employee. If you're getting a pay cut, that's not something that's illegal, certainly not a big pay cut, a a 25% pay cut. It's still something that can be considered a constructive dismissal. Uh, Even though the employer is getting the money from the government, I want you to completely forget about that. So what I told her is you have the right to treat this 25% pay reduction as a constructive dismissal. And you can either continue working, making 25% less right now, or you can treat that as a termination of your employment and leave with your severance. Now, she's deciding that, but what I told her is this. Even if you decide to stay on, which is fine, take the pay cut, I want you to send an email to your employer saying two things. Number one, employer, Uh, first thing is I am only agreeing to this pay cut while we're dealing with this COVID virus, so I'm not agreeing to it long-term. And number two, just so you know, I'm not agreeing to any future pay cuts because if you don't say that, your employer can then not increase your salary back and potentially reduce it even more. So you have to put that in writing to protect yourself. Uh, I think those are such important lessons now that everyone must follow.
1: Again, 416-870-6400. Phone lines are open. You have questions about uh, your job in general or uh, the fact that you might be going back to work very soon and what that entails and uh, all that stuff. Bring it on. 416-870-6400. 225 talk That is toll-free, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. This is a good thing for employers to listen to, this whole uh, section that we're going to do, because it could save them some money and a ton of aggravation, right?
2: Yeah, and I I am not picking at all on employers here. I'm simply outlining some things that oftentimes employers do because they think it's the right thing, not because they're bad, not because they want to hurt their employees, Mm -hmm. because they may not know any better. So we're going to talk about a few of those things, what the right thing to do, and whether you're an employee or an employer, what you need to know in terms of protecting your rights.
1: First one is this, when terminating employees, employers only provide the minimum amount of severance under the old Employment Standards Act. That is the biggest one. I mean, we can talk about that
2: all day long, and that is something that happens thousands of times a day across the country. Employers terminate employment and say, we only have to pay you whatever the Employment Standards Act says, which is you know a week's pay, per year of service, so here you go. And an employer may not know better, and most employers that do that actually don't know better. They think that's all they owe the employees. Now, our regular listeners, I know, know better than that. So how how does it work? No, that Employment Standards Act issue of a week per year of service is your minimum entitlements. That's a small fraction of what your full entitlements are. So an employer that does that may find out later, wait a second. This three-year employee of ours that we said we thought we only owed three weeks' pay, now we actually owe them six months' pay. Holy cow, we didn't know that. Well, that's how the law works, okay? Your entitlements are not a week per year of service, your full entitlements. They're based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And for most people, it's a lot more than a week per year of service. That's important to know always, especially now when we're dealing with this COVID-19 situation, There's more terminations now than ever. It's important that you understand what you're owed. Chances are, if you're staring at a severance package, that severance package is not adequate. Employers often, very often, they don't know any better. They don't want to hurt you. They're not bad people. So if you're in that situation, if you have that severance package in front of you, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a place to go, or you call or you email me, happy to talk, happy to help.
1: We'll uh, slide over to our first phone call of the evening. Jack, thanks for hanging on. Hello. Hello.
3: Hi there. So uh, I have my question is, uh, I'm going to be getting called back to work soon. I've been laid off. And part of my salary is commission based. Uh, I've been working there for close to 20 years. So now my, my commission is going to be basically next to zero, because it's related with restaurants. So is there anything I can do about that? Is my employer responsible to give me more money? Or how does it work? Do you have any suggestions?
2: So, what you're saying is, you no, know, you have a commission component, and, but right now, that commission component is going to be very small because of everything going on with COVID.
3: Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, because it's not money that your employer is paying you directly, because your job is tied to the ability to sell, to sell, to, to, to the market, to, to the restaurant industry, uh, unfortunately, there's not much you can do. If your employer decided, hey, I'm going to pay you less money now, no. They were, they're not allowed to do that, and that's something you could do something about. But because it's simply by operation of of the economy and and, and the industry, unfortunately, Jack, there's nothing that you can do. It's a very frustrating thing uh, because you're going to be earning less money. That's one of the concerns always of of make of with commissions is that it can go up, it could go down, and it can, uh, and it can be influenced by things that are out of your control.
3: How about if he comes, how about if they want to start me off slowly, uh, like part-time and then build up? Am I allowed to question that or argue Yes. That? Yeah.
2: If they say, okay, instead of working part-time, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm working full-time, now we're going to have you part-time. No, that is not something they're allowed to do, meaning if you can't work that out with them you would have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal and get severance now one of the things to consider if you pursue this now as a constructive dismissal your severance is calculated on on your earnings pre-covid whereas if you go back to work right now and let's say three months from now you're let go at that point your severance is calculated on the basis of your earnings at that time but if they reduce your hours and if they bring you back part-time, you do have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. And if that's what you want to do, you should give me a call. Thank you very much. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Jack. Appreciate that. John, I see you there. We're going to get you just to hang on to. we take a short break. Don't go anywhere. And that means you have time to pick up a phone as well. 416 870 6400 Talk that is toll-free. We'll continue. Stand by. We're coming right back. Employment Law Show,
0: Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640
1: Toronto. It is 416-870-6400. The number to call in or one 225 talk toll free Get some information right here. Get on it. It's simple, it's free, and it takes a couple moments to move on from that point. John, thank you for uh, for hanging on. How are you?
4: I'm good. Thank you for taking my call.
1: You bet. What's going on?
4: All right. So, I have a question. I have a small business, and um, uh, well, essentially, one employee, uh, I have three total employees. Uh, one employee uh, essentially has been off, and I've been pretty well closed down because it's a non essential business since like March 20th. Now, uh, this particular employee, she's home uh, taking care of two school-age children. So if all goes well, we do hope to reopen again in the next maybe two weeks, hopefully three weeks. Can I expect her to come back to work? She's now, I guess, on the EI program because of COVID, right?
2: Right. She probably would be on this, on uh, CRB uh, because of COVID. Right. So here's the thing. Uh, the Employment Standards Act was changed, was amended to allow em- employees that have child care responsibilities to be off work. So because now schools and daycares are closed, uh, parents are allowed to stay home and care for their children and without that being a resignation and without being let go because of it. So the reality, John, is that if she can't come in because she has to care for her children, no, you, you can't expect her to come in. You can't fire her. You can't consider her to have resigned. She she is allowed to do that. That's one of the exceptions to the rule. Uh, that the, the rule is generally, yes, she should be coming to work. But if she has school-age children she has to care for, she is allowed to be off.
4: What about for summertime? Uh, you know, the schools, the children would normally be home. Anyway, uh, And she does normally work in the summer.
2: Right. And, and it, it's a quite, you know, it's a very good question. But first of all, it's possible that 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 changes may not be in effect in the summer. But potentially in the summer, she may have had daycare or other child care that's available. If that's not available to her. OK, uh, because maybe daycares have to be closed or, or whatnot, then the same thing would apply. Uh, So it really is a wait and see. It's possible that by then daycares are open, or it's possible that the government decides to to remove this rule that I just talked about. But as it stands right now, uh, she, she does not have to come to work.
4: Okay, thank you very much, sir.
1: Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks for reaching out. <clears throat> Pardon me. Excuse me. Good grief. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number you want to reach out any further, or the option of help at employmentlawyer.ca. And you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website, at any time. Uh, still plenty of time, of course, Four one six eight seven zero. Sixty-four hundred is the way to go. In the meantime, well, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. And the second one is this: putting an employee on a temporary layoff, thinking that that's eh, okay to do. I can do that. Well, John, holy cow, when was that issue more relevant than it is
2: right now? Uh, <laughs> right. We've never had a situation where millions and millions of people, literally millions, have been put on a temporary layoff. And wait wait a second, is this crazy employment lawyer on radio saying that an employer cannot do that? Well, yeah, actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, and, and a temporary layoff is generally not something an employer is allowed to do. A temporary layoff is generally illegal. And what I mean by that, a temporary layoff gives the right to the employee to treat that layoff as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, and get severance. So yes, there are millions of people right now that have been laid off that have that right. Now, I'm not suggesting they should, but they absolutely can. Uh, So an employer that may think, well, I'm not letting someone go, I'm just laying them off temporarily... If the employee chooses to treat that as a termination, the employer may say, holy cow, now I have to pay them potentially as much as two-year severance. Now, uh, John, employers often don't understand that, which is why we have this on the list. There is an exception to this rule uh, that applies here in, in, in COVID-19. If your business is has to close because it's not considered essential, so by order of government, it has to close, and that's why you lay someone off temporarily, then that is okay because you have no choice. But if you have a business that's allowed to stay open, but maybe business is slow, so you have to lay someone off, that actually is a termination. It's not something that's allowed to happen. So very important for employers and employees to keep that in mind. If you, if as an employer, if you want to have the right to lay someone off temporarily, you have to specify that in an
1: employment agreement. It is 416-870-6400, the way to go. Joe, hi there. Hi, how are you? good pal what's on your mind
3: good i just got a question i want to know what what i'm to expect so i got 30 years in, i and with my company and they're shutting shutting down my section and they they weren't they weren't specific as to what what a package they're going to prepare but they did say that they would come out with two options one for us like to fit a different job that we qualify for or they would give us they would package us out. So now, I'm you know, I'm a year away from from my pension because you got to be fifty five to get full pension, and they do have a cap of sixty weeks severance. So again, what what should I? I'm just curious as to what I should be expecting.
2: John uh, Joe, I understand you're part of a union, right? Yes. So. The, the answer to your question is somewhere in the collective agreement, and it's something that your union has to answer and, and help you understand. Okay. The, the, the same rules that apply to non-unionized employees do not apply uh, to you, because after 30 years, you'd be owed about two years severance. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be the same in a unionized environment, uh, so the company does have to follow seniority rules if right. there's a, an opportunity under the collective agreement to allow you, based on your seniority, to, to take on other jobs, to bump people from their jobs. That you you can do that. So you have to speak to your union about your rights and what your options are, uh, because the collective agreement governs, not the law. The law here doesn't get involved. It's the, the, right. your rights are all in the collective agreement.
3: Okay, so I got to look up and the, uh, what's there in the collective agreement. Exactly, you got it. And yep. then whatever is there, that's the rule. You, that's the rule.
2: And and they said, it's your union's job to help you understand what that rule is. But it's it's not a legal question. It's really what's in the collective agreement. The law stays out of it.
1: Thanks, Joe. We're, uh, we're moving on to, uh, to John. Hey, John. Hi there.
3: Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call.
4: I got a, a, a question. Um, I'm in an industry that um, I think will be the very last to open. I work at a casino. And what I'm worried about is if I hold my temporary layoff as a constructive dismissal compared to when if they declare bankruptcy. If I declare it the day before they declare bankruptcy, am I before the um, creditors?
2: No. Unfortunately – uh, as an employee, you're always going to be behind creditors when it comes to your severance. So the only way you avoid that is if you actually have the money in your bank account before they declare bankruptcy. So in fact, even in a situation where you agree with them on severance, they agree, yes, we'll pay you uh, $50,000 in severance. If they go bankrupt after, before you actually got paid, you will never get paid. So So the problem here is because they're not an essential business, you can't pursue severance right now. Because, as I said before, generally the company is not allowed to lay you off temporarily. But if they're forced to be closed by government, then it is okay because there's really nothing they can do about it. So at this point, there's not much that you can do until they're forced to or, or until they're allowed to open up again. If they're allowed to open up again and they don't call you back, at that point, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. But unfortunately, John, I wish I had better news. If they do go ba- go bankrupt at any point before you get paid, you will not get paid. It's as simple as that.
4: <laughs> okay. All right. I was worried about that answer. Okay. Thank you.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. 416-870-6400 is the number. Larry, you're up next. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's going on?
4: So I'm uh, wondering about being qualified for CERB. Okay. I think my situation is a little complicated. I used to own a property business, sold the property, put the money into investments. So my company pays me a dividend every year. And also I am um, a pharmacist, but not licensed. And I've been working towards getting my license back. And just before the uh, COVID, I was gonna take a a position as an intern to get my license back. And now that's been put on hold by the uh, college. So I'm not able to go and finish, uh, get my license and get a job. So I'm wondering if I would qualify for the CERB.
2: So the the company that's paying you dividends, are you actually doing work? Is that connected to work that you're doing? No, it's passive. It's passive. So because it's passive, uh, then it doesn't it doesn't count towards the 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 CERB. It's not the fact that uh, that you're not getting it or, or or whatnot. It doesn't help you and. Were you on EI anytime uh, recently? No, no, I wasn't. Okay, so because of that, unfortunately, Larry, there's nothing here that allows you to qualify for the CERB. You didn't have a job that you lost. I know you had a potential career that you were pursuing that now is on hold. But unless you had a job that you're earning income from, not passive income, actual income that stopped paying you, uh, unless you have that, that you do not qualify for the CERB. I
1: wish I had better news, Larry, but but no, you would not qualify
4: all right thanks that clears it up for me
1: larry appreciate that any further questions you can uh, answer those or get them answered at any time call your off air one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca gonna move on down to uh obi hello there how are you uh,
3: i'm good thank you thank you for taking my call my question you is bet. about
1: uh, about a sick
3: about five weeks ago i call in a sick and uh, I wasn't feeling well, and now that I sent them letter, doctor note that I was off for two weeks, and I'm still not feeling well to go to work. And my question is that uh, that on my next letter, doctor note, does the note have to specify for how long I am unable to return to work? Does that date, is it necessary or no?
2: No, it's not necessary. Uh, it, it, it... The doctor can simply say that you're going to be off indefinitely, and that's fine. Oftentimes, what I like a doctor to say is, you're going to be evaluated again in a few weeks or something, just to give the employer an idea if we're talking weeks, months, years. But no, there's no uh, legal obligation for you to have an actual date. You do have to have a doctor's note, absolutely. But it's okay if the doctor doesn't know or doesn't put a date. Uh, but certainly, if you do know at some point how long you're going to be off, if you know that in a week you're going to be cleared, it's important to give your employer notice that you're coming back to work. But no, that does not have to be a specific date date on your doctor's note okay thank you thank you
1: appreciate that call we're gonna move on to who's next lining them up here gus how are you pal hey good how are yourself good sir what's uh what's on your mind
4: so my wife just got a 10 percent reduction on her pay and maybe 15 or so now you said you said something earlier and i kind of missed it so i just want to ask the question again you said something about writing a letter to their employer to say it's okay to do it now but what, what did you
2: actually said so if she if she's going to continue working despite the pay cut she should send an email to her employer saying two things the first thing she should say is uh just see so employer i'm only agreeing to this because of the COVID situation but i expect to be back to my normal salary as soon as possible that's number one and number 2 is employer just so you know I'm also I'm not agreeing to any future pay cuts because what you don't want to have happen is you don't want the the employer to say wait a second because you accepted a pay cut in uh, May 2020 then now a year later we can do it again. So number 1 I am I'm, I'm only agreeing for this temporarily and I'm not agreeing to future pay cuts. So those two things very important that she say email works perfectly well. And and
4: uh just send an email to her boss, right, and
2: stuff like that. Yeah, yeah and like I said, it just doesn't have to be an aggressive email. Just implore. I just wanted to clarify these two things. Very important to do that.
4: No, it's not rocking the boat or anything. You know, sometimes they're, the bosses get a little, you know, they, they think that they're Causing trouble, let's
2: say, whatever, right? Well, that may be, Gus, but it's about protecting her legal rights, right? Because if she doesn't do that, then, number one, they don't have to ever increase her salary, and they can continue reducing it. So that's what we're trying to avoid here, right? So to me, that's the more important thing. Maybe the boss is not happy. I don't know. But it's about protecting her rights and protecting her income.
4: So that's what she does to protect
2: herself. Exactly. If it happens again... She can say, well, I agree to that, but I'm not agreeing to this. You got it. Then, then she has rights, mm-hmm. where if she doesn't do that, she wouldn't have the ability to, to, to do that. So that's why I want right. you to uh, or have her send that yeah. email. Send the email. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gus. Appreciate it, pal. Here's the email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you want to send Leor a copy of it as well or whatever you want to do, the phone number to reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If there's any confusion about uh, what you just heard. Uh, for you as well, 416-870-6400 to call here with the remaining time we have in the show. you got lots of time to call in, so you can make that happen. Hey, Brad, thanks for hanging on. Good evening.
3: Hi. My son uh, just got furloughed. He's working in Minnesota. I don't know if you're familiar with U.S. Uh, laws. And he was on a three-year contract, and I think he completed like two and a half years of that contract. And he was offered two weeks uh, for every, uh, or a week's pay for every year, so he got two weeks' pay. And, uh, and his, um, he's in there in an apartment until September, and he can't cross the border to come back. And uh, I think he's applied for some of that Trump money.
2: So, Brad, no, I I, I know nothing about uh, U.S. laws or, or Minnesota laws, so okay. I, I can't tell you if that's right or wrong. He, he should consult as soon as possible with an employment lawyer in Minnesota, and, and hopefully there's something can be done for him, but I, I really can't help anyone in the States. Uh, my knowledge okay. is limited to
1: Canada.
3: Okay, then. Thank you very Thanks. much.
1: Thank you, Brad. Appreciate the call and good luck. We often talk about that. It's uh, you know we have, comparatively speaking, even without knowing knowing too much about state to state, we generally, in comparison, have pretty robust uh, employment laws up here on the side of the employee. So we're pretty well protected, huh?
2: Oh, I I know enough about U.S. law to know that I would much rather be an employee in Canada than anywhere in the U.S. In the U.S., essentially, they have something called a system called uh, employment at will which means that an employer really could do whatever it wants with very little repercussions and without having to pay severance. And uh, American companies that start operating in Canada always have a bit of a rude awakening when they realize, wait a second, you guys have all these laws, all these rules. Uh, yeah, they, they don't have that in the States. We're quite well protected as employees in Canada.
1: Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, more phone calls, 416 870 6400. We got some time to squeeze you in there. And we are talking, as our topic tonight, oddly enough, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. Another one is this not properly distinguishing between an independent contractor and an employee. (laughs) That is a massive mistake, and that is often a good-faith mistake in the sense that they
2: really don't know any better. And you may think, well, wait a second. We hired someone. We decided he agreed that he's going to be an independent contractor. We even signed a document that says he's an independent contractor, so he's an independent contractor. And then, of course, Lear comes in and says, "You're you're crazy. No, that's not even close. Of course he's not an independent contractor. Most individuals are misclassified. Remember, the only one that decides – if you're an employee or an independent contractor, is the law. The individual doesn't decide, the company doesn't decide, A contract doesn't decide, none of them matters. The law makes that decision. So if you look like an employee and act like an employee, the law is gonna say, you're an employee. Doesn't matter if you've been calling yourself something else. Individuals are often misclassified. Company thinks we can do that. And the problem with being misclassified is number one, an employee that should be getting overtime and vacation pay and holiday pay doesn't get that when they should be. And number two is if you're an independent contractor, but you're really not, you've been misclassified, if you're let go, the company's going to say, well, we don't have to pay you severance because you're an independent contractor, except you're not, which means you are owed severance. So if you now, especially with COVID going on, if you lost your job and as an independent contractor, chances are that you're an employee. Chances are you're owed severance. So you really want to reach out to me in that situation.
1: And by the way, thats eight two one fifty nine hundred. is 1-855-821-5900 anytime. Remember that number. Uh, Afar, thank you for hanging on the line for a moment there. How are you tonight?
3: Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. I have a question. I've been uh, 20 years ago suggested to go on disability, but I kind of didn't want to have this kind of thing hanging over me. So I was pretty much uh, over the last 10, 15 years uh, collecting garbage, fixing it, and trying to do garage sales like pretty much uh, every day. Uh, I know it's not exactly uh, allowed, but that's what how I was trying to survive. I live with my mother, and uh, last year I had a uh, little uh, like uh, usually like over last few years I made between three to seven thousand dollars that's my income I always filed my income taxes but uh, this year obviously it's like uh, pretty much nothing's happening people are not coming and I'm not really open and uh, not right. allowed probably I just want to know person like myself who has no income I'm not on welfare or nothing I just want to know if uh, there any allowance with this uh, government help for person like so, me or not
2: so so this work that you were doing this little business that you're doing there in in the last year did you make at least Five thousand dollars?
3: Yeah, last year I made
2: yeah five thousand. And so you you have this little business. You do some things on the side. You make a few thousand dollars a year, right? right? Yeah. Well, now you can't do that. So yes, you no. do qualify. You you pay taxes on it. You declare that income?
3: Yeah, I, but uh, you don't pay taxes on uh, that low income. Right.
2: You're right. You don't pay taxes, but you do declare. It. Oh
3: yes, of course. Yeah.
2: Okay. So so yes, you absolutely do qualify. If you make more than five thousand dollars in the last year and because now you can't do the work that you're doing, you would qualify for the CRB, which pays you two thousand dollars a month. And I know that two thousand dollars a month is more than you were making before. I, I get that, but you actually do qualify FR, absolutely.
3: Okay, so just to call the government and tell them... Uh,
2: the- you can apply that on- on- online through the CRA website. Uh, it-, it takes literally seconds, and you can get paid. You could potentially get paid retroactive to
3: March the 15th. Uh-huh. It's right, very good. Thank you very much. We'll try that. I appreciate it.
1: You bet. Thanks, so far. And uh, good luck with that. We're going to move on to Michael. I think we have time to squeeze Michael in. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good. Yourself? Good. What's on your mind?
3: I'm just calling. Uh, my son, we, he took a leave of absence from his work um, with this whole COVID nineteen thing. Um, his mother, my wife, she uh, she has compromised immune system, so he took time off to protect her. Now, does he qualify for the CERB for that or no?
2: The the reality, he does not qualify, uh, if she had the virus, you know, God forbid, uh, and he was caring for her with the virus, then he would qualify. But if he simply said, you know, I want to be safe, I don't want to go to work so to bring the virus home, unfortunately, he would not qualify for the CRB because Ultimately, he's the one that chose not to go to work. I'm, I'm, I understand why he did, and I'd probably do the same. But yeah. because it was his choice, unfortunately, Michael, he would not qualify for any benefit that the government provides. Okay, so they don't
4: have any other kind of benefit that would he would fall under them.
2: No, no, he would not have any benefit that the, that's currently announced that would uh, apply to him. Unfortunately not, Michael, no.
0: Okay, okay, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your time and your call. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Let's get to uh, an email here. Slide one or two of these in. Uh, Sean's up first. Says uh, my employer decided to scrap the bonus plan, guys, for all employees. I usually get ten k a year bonus. What can I do? Well, that is a change of uh, to the terms of employment. Yeah. It, it
2: really is. Now, depending on how much of a change that may be illegal. Generally speaking, any changes that reduce your income by more than 10% is something that gives rise to a constructive dismissal. So if this elimination of the bonus that he normally gets if that reduces his pay by more than 10 percent, and he has the right to either accept that of course or he can treat that as a constructive dismissal and pursue severance so that's very important even though his salary has not changed it's his bonus because his overall compensation is reduced constructive dismissal is an option so it's very important for everyone to keep that
1: in mind and uh, some final thoughts man as we go into the uh, the end of the show and wrap it up what do you think this week, uh, looking ahead, what people got to be aware of. Oh, well, the, the big thing is the return
2: to work. It really yeah. is. So, so if your employment terms are changing as you come back to work, I understand that. That's fine. But make sure you tell your employer you expect things to go back as soon as possible. Don't just continue working without doing that. Because if you do, then there's no guarantee that things will come back to normal. So be smart. Tell your employer, and if you have any questions about what to say, how to deal with it, and what your rights are, happy to talk, happy to email. Uh, Just reach out at any time.
1: And that is the point. Always reach out if you're a little bit concerned, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for tons of information there as well. And if you go to the website, employmentlawyer.ca, you can search past radio shows and links to our television show as well. It's pretty good. We'll catch you on the weekend right back here again. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto on point with Alex Pearson coming right back. Don't move a muscle.